Hello beautiful souls and welcome back to episode 5 of Simply Ambivalent. I am your host Arkea. You can find today's episode on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts or you can follow me on Instagram at Simply Ambivalent that's spelled S-I-M-P-L-Y underscore ambivalent A-M-B-I-V-A-L-E-N-T. Now let's dive into another simple story. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing an individual by the name of Takahiro Shirashi, or known to those who are familiar with the story as the Twitter killer. Takahiro was described by neighbors and those who knew him as a polite and cheerful person, whether that was as a child or as a kid, and even his own mother described him as a meek person who couldn't hurt a bug, which of course we would later find out to be the biggest lie of them all. A close childhood friend of Shirashi, or Takahiro, told reporters that as a child or as children, they would play a game where they would choke each other out to the point of passing out. And it automatically reminded me of this game back in middle school that uh, kids would play. They would like kind of put their finger in their mouth and like kind of exert themselves like by blowing um, air, I guess, just blowing air out and just like completely exerting all the air they could get out of their body until like they would get that euphoric feeling and then they like they would pass out um thinking about that now I'm realizing just how dangerous that was but anyway (laughs) um as a young adult Takahiro worked as a scout luring young women into sex trade in the city's largest red light district where in February of 2017 he would finally be arrested for these acts the police initially became interested in Takahiro while investigating the death of a 23 year old woman And as most of my episodes go, I would uh, give you guys a name. However, due to the laws in Japan, it kind of prevents information of the victim's names being revealed, rightfully so, um, just to help out with their family. So I completely understand with that. But uh, the victim's brother became suspicious of her disappearance and he decided to do his own investigation. Her brother decided to log into her Twitter account and found evidence of her having conversations with Takahiro who was known by his Twitter handle as The Hanging Pro. And interestingly enough, um, in his bio, he put he was a professional at hanging. I'm not going to lie, it just kind of gives me the eebie-jeebies just even seeing that. But as I said before, this is kind of normal in their culture. Her brother also found tweets where she stated, I'm looking for someone to die with. Takahiro used Twitter as a way of luring suicidal women, such as this victim here, to his home. Um, He would basically meet them at the uh, closest train stop uh, to wherever they lived. And then um, he would take them back to his house, as I said. And in some of the cases, claimed he would kill himself along with the victim. So pretty much just making a suicide pact with eight of these women. After, or at least kicking off the investigation, the brother of one of the victims reported the handle to the police after he went through their conversations. And with the help of a female acquaintance, and of course the police, as I said, they set a trap for Takahiro to meet with the unknown female. The plan was basically the police were to hide out at the local train station, and then with the help of the female, of course, they would follow them back to Takahiro's apartment. Once confronting Takahiro in his home, they found a white bag belonging to the missing 23-year-old victim. Um, It also matched the description of the bag that uh, they said that she usually carries around. 
The police asked the whereabouts of the woman, to which Takahiro replied, inside the cooler. That right there just kind of set me off because I'm like, what do you mean inside the cooler? Like, what's inside the cooler? She's inside the cooler? That's just, it's just weird to me that he would even say that or even just be so forthcoming with it. That just kind of blew my mind. Through searching throughout the house, the police will find nine heads, which were stuffed into toolboxes and over 240 bones stored in his apartment. Takahiro would later confess to killing eight other victims, which he strangled and dismembered each person by disposing of their flesh whenever he took out the trash and, of course, pouring cat litter to cover the smell of their remains. Each victim was between the ages of 15 to 26, and his killing spree basically took place in August 2017 to October 2017. So it was a pretty short span to be killing, like, nine people within this time span and it just kind of blows my mind that he was even able to do this nine times in the same fashion but also due to the nature of the crimes in which half of these people were trying to kill themselves I could see why it would just kind of go unnoticed for so long. Takahiro admitted to providing alcohol, sleeping pills, and tranquilizers to the victims and then after he would give them these substances, he would rape them. This sad event would basically go on to spark conversations in Japan about suicide. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, but Japan has for a long time battled with one of the highest suicide rates in the industrial world. And also, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but on YouTube a couple years ago, which I don't even know why I said, I don't know if you guys remember this. I'm sure y'all remember this, but with the whole Paul brothers and the suicide force and the body and all of that so it's definitely um I would I don't want to say it's a part of their culture but it's definitely one of those like taboo things that kind of happen over there in 2015 a UK study found that over 20 percent of young adults in Japan had some kind of history of suicidal self-harm and ended up visiting some of these suicide sites which I will go on to explain later on for you guys what exactly they are but back to what I was telling you guys about Takahiro, um, we find out that Takahiro led and he even pretended to be a spiritual leader to some of these victims to help kill themselves. And um, like I said before, I would tell you guys the whole definition of what a suicide site was because I had never even heard of this or even it just being a thing. It's, I feel like it's like one of those dark web topics. But these suicide websites and social media groups provide info to individuals who wish to kill themselves and then basically encourage them to take their own lives which I find to be like super sad is that like a whole another human being out there is even encouraging individuals to live to like end their lives and it kind of seems like they're just like mostly targeting like younger people just because like the nature of it being on social media which I'm not saying old people don't use it or older people don't use it excuse me but uh, it definitely seems like they're targeting a younger audience. Takahiro, back to the story. <laughs> Takahiro will later go on to tell investigators that there's no doubt that I sliced up the bodies in my bathroom with the intention of destroying evidence. And this is in his words, you guys. I disposed of their flesh and internal organs like garbage, but kept their bones out of fear I would be caught. Which is like super surprising to me because I would have been like, man, somebody go look at my trash. They're going to see this flesh. 
And also just the smell. Like I'm sure his apartment smelled ranked, even if it was covered up with kitty litter. Kitty litter can only get you so far. So I don't know why he didn't think like the smell, of, let alone somebody just like going through his trash or smelling his trash one day wouldn't like be like his reason for getting caught. But all of a sudden the bone's going to get him caught. But hey, who knows? I don't know who he had over there, or let alone if he had friends. They did not mention any of that. Um, also, I wanted to mention to you guys that one of the victims was a male. Um, sad part was that he was the boyfriend of one of the earlier victims because he was searching for his girlfriend and ended up basically kind of finding Takahiro the same way that the other guy did. Um, so I just, I don't know, it really like broke my heart when I saw that. During his trial, prosecutors wanted him to face the death penalty However, his defense lawyer argued for murder with consent since it applied more to this case. But in my opinion, it really didn't. But to kind of backtrack that, I guess you could say Takahiro ended up being like, hey, I did not kill these people with consent. That did not happen. Um, and I guess you could say that because once he gave him the sleeping pills, that wasn't necessarily consent to kill. That was just... I guess some kind of going out on their own accord, but hey, I'm not, I'm not into these legal matters and stuff. <laughs> Even though I got a CJ degree, the ju um the judge on the case, Neil Cuniano, stated that the modus operandi, aka MO, uh, was probably one of the most malicious ones he had ever seen, um, in the state of the country and just over his whole career. Takahiro said during the trial to the families of the victims, which I'm surprised they even let him speak to the victims, but a lot of the time that's kind of what a lot of trials are looking for is to show some kind of sympathy, some kind of regret, some kind of, of you know, apology given to these families and to these victims. Uh, Takahiro would go on to say, I'm sorry for having killed some of the victims with whom I spent a lot of time and I would like to apologize to these families. But for the others, I don't really feel a sense of regret. In any case, I'm sorry only because I failed when I got caught. I will not be regretting anything. So, yeah, that's a testament to his character. He does not care. And it's obvious that, once again, like I said, he's a very truthful individual. So, I don't know, it's kind of giving me, like, psychopath vibes. But, anyways, I think later on they would say that he went through, like, five months of, like, psych evaluations and came out to be like totally sane so there's nothing wrong with him up there he's just truly sick and evil on december 15 2020 takahiro was given the death penalty at the age of 30 and i'm not sure if you guys know but the death penalty in japan isn't carried out by injection it's actually carried out by hanging which is very surprising to me just because i know a lot of people or at least back then, there are like, you know, different kind of forms of execution, whether it may be injection, electric chair, hanging, firing squad, all these kind of other things. But I kind of thought that was like in the past. I didn't think that some of these things were still going on, let alone like bigger countries such as Japan. But it is. And then I also found out that the death row inmates in Japan don't, or at least they're not aware of the execution date until their execution date. So they basically find out the same day as everyone else, like, oh, wow, I'm going to die today, you know? So I kind of find that kind of crazy. And I guess it kind of gives them kind of like no time to just like prepare, which honestly, I don't know how you would prepare for that. But and I don't want to be put in that position to do that. 
But I know you guys in this episode, we talked a lot about it on the topic of suicide. And I just wanted to let you guys know that if you guys at any point feel like you need help or feel like if you just want to talk to someone, I will be providing the suicide hotline number. Um, It's going to be 800-273-8255. Once again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. And you guys can call that number at any time of the day. It's open 24 hours. Um, I think it's in languages such as English and Spanish. So you all don't have to speak English or anything like that to be provided service. It's completely anonymous. You can either talk online to someone by like texting or chatting with them. Or you guys could also just talk to a live person. Um, and you don't have to worry about them trying to figure out who you are or figure it out about a loved one. Or anyone else that you may provide with this information but i do hope you guys use this resource if needed and if not um i love you guys and i just want you to know that you are loved you are wanted you're special and you know just speaking on this subject of just like suicide and a lot of times like it starts with depression and being someone who has experienced it myself i know how hard it can get sometimes but please believe there's more to life there's more for you to live for. There's more memories for you to make. There's someone out there that loves you. Even if you don't feel like your family loves you right now, there's someone out there that loves you that you probably haven't even thought of. But I would like to say thank you, you guys, for continuing to support me on Instagram, Twitter, any of these podcast platforms that you guys have supported me on, family members, loved ones. I love all of you guys. I love all you beautiful souls. And I appreciate you so much. Um, once again, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Simply Ambivalent, S-I-M-P-O-I underscore A-M-B-A, I mean B-I-V-A-L-E-N-T. <laughs> Can't even spell ambivalent and it's my podcast. But um, definitely follow me on Instagram, you guys. Continue to support me on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you could find a podcast. And I'm on a new platform, I think, called Good Pods. So go download that and check that out. But I would like to say thank you again for supporting me and tune in, you know, for the rest of the week because I will be releasing a bonus episode for an organization that I'm so excited to be supporting in the future going forward. And one that I would really like to highlight with all the things that have been happening within like the last couple decades that have kind of probably been swept under the rug. Um, Whether that may be in um, main media, on the news, anything like that. I'm really excited to talk about it. So, guys, please stay tuned for that. Probably going to be on Wednesday or Thursday. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Simply Ambivalent. I am your host, Arkea. Bye-bye.